And good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. So nice to have you with us today. This is our time that we get to talk to wonderful professionals in and around our area about issues that are important to you. And today is our day with the Butler Health System. And we're going to be talking about a couple of different tests in the cardiology department. And they're unique tests. We'll explain why in just a couple of minutes. But first, let me tell you the different ways that you can listen to our program. Because if you're joining us on time, which you would be if you're hearing this, right? Classes on time. So if you are listening and you have to leave us at any time, what you can do is go onto our website at wisr680.com and you're going to pick programs, let's talk, and then drop that down to the Butler Health System and then you're going to find the audio there. Now, if you do want an alternate way that you can listen to these shows while we're broadcasting, of course you do have us on the radio, but you can turn to your Alexa powered device and just say, Alexa, play WISR 680. That'll bring us up there and we can uh, be with you for the rest of our time until 1145. And then there is the option of the app that you would put on whatever mobile device that you would like. So if you're on the go, you can listen to us while you're doing whatever it is that you do. Okay. So those are the different options that you can listen to us. And we do appreciate your time in joining us for this next half hour. Dr. Reka Pinto is with us today with the Butler Health System, and she is in the cardiology department. And Dr. Pinto, first of all, welcome to the program. It is nice to see you today. Thank you. Nice to be here yeah, as well. Absolutely. Now, you're not from the area, so you were you came to Butler Run, what, six years or so ago? Yes. Yeah. So what drew you here? So I have finished my residency and fellowship in uh, the Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. So I finished my residency at then, then Mercy Hospital, then I went on to do a cardiology fellowship at um, AGH or Allegheny General Hospital Mm -hmm. as you guys would know it and following that I did work uh, with a private uh, practice and I worked around you know in the in in the area which I would say mostly is the south of Pittsburgh Mm. and then I did get an opportunity in Butler and came on. Oh fabulous so what drew you to this niche in your field why focus on cardiology? I love cardiology in the way there's a lot of things that you can do, um, and it, it's truly a satisfying field if you really work on it. There's a lot of prevention, uh, you know, helping patients actually not get sick, and then once they get sick, you can, you know, treat them, and you see great results, and I think as a profession, it's very satisfying. Let's talk about how big the problem is right now when it comes to heart health, if you will, and and cardiology. What are you seeing, maybe not necessarily right here in Butler, but, you know, throughout the country? What what, what can you tell us about that? So one in every, uh, you know, four, you know, one in every four Americans dies from heart disease. And on average, one person dies every 36 seconds from cardiovascular disease. And that includes, you know, just uh, congestive heart failure, coronary artery disease, which is basically in a layman's term, I would call it blockages in the heart. That's what how we tell our patients, you have heart blockage. And so that's what coronary disease is about. so that that is a very common problem. It's not been a problem today, but over the last few decades, uh, you know, our lifestyles have changed. We are less active, and we are we eat more. Uh, the kinds of foods we eat are different from many years ago, just because of how busy we are as a population, and the incidence and the prevalence of this disease has gone up. 
just for coronary artery disease, every second, you know, in every two in 10 deaths is from a blockage in your heart for patients who are, uh, you know, even less than 65 years of age. And I was going to ask you about that from your experience here in the Butler Health System. And I know you can't speak for all your doctors, but um, what, what do you see? Do you see older patients? Do you see that 65 kind of line and up? Or do you see a range of patients? With we heart see disease? a range of patients. Remember, you have two different kinds of heart disease. Uh, it's not two kinds of heart disease, but two kinds of coronary artery disease. One is, you would say, an acute manifestation of a blocked vessel, while the other is more more a chronic or, you know, uh, manifestation. And it's the acute manifestation that we see in younger individuals in their 40s and 50s. So we do see a significant proportion in patients less than 65 years old. So you say acute manifestations. Explain what that means to, to me. If... And, and how young is young? So, you know, so I think, so young, am I at that line? Am I not at the line? Or are you talking more like teenagers, 20s, 30s? So let me be fair. There's nobody who is uh, not, a ca- not ex- there's nobody who's exempt of heart disease. Okay. And I wanted to let people know that. Uh, there are uh, diseases that people are born with. That's a different thing. We call it congenital heart disease, where people are just born with it and uh, have it you know, and we treat that. The pediatric cardiologists usually take care of that. But as we grow older, you know, our body starts to form different, like um, blockages. And those blockages may be very mild, but they do occur at a young age. As we progress, we see that these blockages, if we don't take care of them, if we're not good with our health, our diet, our exercise, they get tend to get worse. And so we have seen uh, blockages or you know coronary artery disease in people as young as in their 20s and at the same and but they're not as common as someone in their 60s and I would say there are a few people who have it in their 40s and 50s as well. When you talk about heart disease, um, are you ta- do you see a lot of fatalities from from heart disease? We do see. I mean, you did give us the stats, so it seems like yes. it's a pretty bit large problem. Yes, it is a large problem. And it, have you seen death in younger individuals? We have seen death in younger individuals. Okay. Is there anything that we can do to prevent heart disease? Or sometimes is it genetics and our body just creates those blockages? Yes. There are uh, what we call as risk factors for heart disease. So every individual is different. Some people are born with families that ha- have heart disease that run in their family. And others over time develop diabetes because of weight problems, you know, develop high blood pressure and just don't eat well and land up with blockages. So there are a number of factors that do um, contribute to the development of coronary artery disease. Or I would, during this discussion, maybe use the word CAD. Was that something that we can use? Uh, yeah. So... Let's talk a little bit about these procedures, or or I should say these tests that you have with the Butler Health System, because I know that's what you came to talk about. And uh, there are three different kinds of tests, if I understand this correct. Always correct me if I'm I'm wrong and taking us down a different path, if you don't mind, doctor. But um, are these three particular tests before someone even has a problem, or have they already been diagnosed with heart disease? So the the test that we're currently using is mostly in people. Uh, so there are two ways to look at it. One is a preventive or before, and one is after people develop symptoms. So, uh, and I can talk about that in a yeah, little we're going to go through each of them if you don't mind, because when I when I saw the information come across to me that we were going to talk about this, 
and I've not yet been in the shoes to to go through this process and hopefully never will. But, you know, if, if it is something that eventually I have to go through, I never realized that there were tests even before you had an issue. Yes, there are. And I think that is, uh, you know, America spends a lot of money on healthcare, and we try really hard, I think, to help people. But there are lots of things that we can continue to do that will prevent a person from even getting to the point where we need to, you know, treat them, like treat them like invasively or like do a procedure on them. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, we will, you know, have a better population and a healthier population. And at one such test, I would say, is the coronary calcium score. And, you know, we assess what risk factors people have. But remember, so the so where does coronary calcium score, the testing, come from? So in, in, in the most... Um, in the most simple terms, if you have a, ves a blood vessel, you know, over time, there is plaque formation. And that, that forms, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what happens is the healing of the plaque takes, takes place with calcium. Okay? okay. And so what happens is we do a CT scan of your chest of, or, of, you know, imaging the heart, and it doesn't need dye. It's a routine five-minute test. And it'll tell you how much calcium there is in the blood vessels of the heart. Oh, and how is it that you don't need dye for that? We don't because we need don't need we only need to look at the calcium. We don't need to look in you know the flow. We don't need to look at the flow of blood in the vessels. Okay. So so it's a relatively safe test, and we do it usually in people who have uh, risk factors. And the other thing is people who have family history of heart disease. I have patients who come to me and say. You know, doctor, my family has a history of, you know, my father had a history of a heart attack or, you know, bypass in, in his 50s. You know, I feel okay. I My cholesterol is just mildly, you know, high and I'm, I have a history of hypertension. What should I do? Should I just treat it with diet? What do you think I should do? So I say, let's look and see what's going on till now. So we do this calcium score and guess what? If you see that there is a higher calcium score than we like, we say, hey, listen, you're already forming, you know, you're in your 40s or 50s and you're, you're still, you're already forming these uh, plaques. And so that shows that your body, you, the cholesterol that you have is actually affecting your body in a negative way. So let's start you on medications that's appropriate to prevent the progression of your heart disease. Can you help me imagine this or picture this in my head? So when you're doing this test, does plaque build up against the wall and then continue to grow? Or is it like a ball that continues to grow and then finally blocks the passage? So if you really think about it, if you, I would say our arteries are like pipes in the heart. And if you have a lot of crud in the, in the pipes, how do, what happens? You know, they kind of form in the inside and then it narrows and narrows till there's a blockage, you know? So that's how that happens. That's the most common type. We also do have others where, you know, sometimes you have a blockage in the heart and then that blockage will break off under stress, you know, which when, when, when we say stress, it's not the stress you have as a human being, but just, you know, the body has stressors, you know, like um, forces in the body. And so that can cause heart attacks. So that's a different kind of blockage. Interesting. So when you're doing this test and you call it the coronary calcium score, are you looking for that? Uh, the, I don't want to say a mass because I don't want to confuse that with cancer, but that that blockage, it starts to grow. Or are you looking for those um, that float through the system? 
We are looking mostly for the ones that are, uh, you know, that develop slowly over time. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that can be done in your office? It it's not an office test. It is done in Butler Hospital. Oh, okay. So it's in the hospital. Yes. So you'd schedule that and schedule that out. How are appointments going, by the way? Are we on schedule with those or are there yes, still delays? Schedule, and, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, that, again, is the coronary calcium score. And then what can you do from there once you get that score? You say you can treat people appropriately before they have some issues. But what, yeah, do you, what so is that? Yeah, so say you have like a coronary calcium score that is high. We go all the way from zero to... You know, I've seen people with 6,000 and really, so zero means really your risk of having heart disease, you know, a, a blockage is relatively low. And so what we do at that time is we, we just treat you conservatively, right? We, we don't give you medications, but if you notice that the coronary score is elevated, say it's 150 or, you know, anything, and we see where it is as well. And then we say, you would benefit from adding a cholesterol lowering medication. So over time, you would have less problems. You would, the chances that you'll go in for a stent if you really take care of your body with diet, exercise, your cholesterol, treating your high blood pressure is lower. Do you then take this test again in a year, five years? So what do the, you do? The, the, you know, the jury is not completely out, but they suggest between five and 10 years. Okay, so it's something you can repeat. And right, it so depends on what risk factors you have as well. Someone who's diabetic may need to do it in five years, while someone have, who has nothing, you know, nothing going on. Gotcha. All right. Dr. Pinto is with the cardiology department with the Butler Health System. We're talking about a couple of, are these new tests to the hospital or? Yes. They are newer to the hospital. They've been done in, uh, I would say in Europe for a while. It's been in the U.S. for some time, but it's gaining uh, steam, I think, just because people realize its value. Okay. And so these are, are newer tests to the Butler Health System for coronary issues. And then there's another one that's the coronary angiograms. What is that? So basically, if people have heard about coronary heart catheterizations, where you, you know, go into the body and you put dye in the blood vessels and you can see your blood vessels, you can see them. So coronary angiograms are similar. It's just that you're doing it without going into the body. It's the C you do a CT where you use dye and you can see the blood vessels of the heart. So patients who are, have no, what I would use contraindications, that, that would be mostly people whose weights are appropriate. And the other thing is people whose rhythms are good, which most people are, and people who have no kidney function. If they come in with chest pain, instead of, you know, we, we, depending on their risk and, see, and their, uh, you know, looking at them and saying, oh, will they benefit from this test? We could do it. And it'll give us what we call an anatomy of the coronary vessels, meaning we can look at those blood vessels and say, you know what, there are no blockages, or there is a blockage and it's 50%. Or there's a blockage and it looks bad and maybe you need to go for a cath. Maybe that's the one that's actually causing your chest pain. And when is it beneficial to a patient? When is it not? Have you obviously turned people down to say, no, this probably isn't the best option for you? Yeah. So in medicine, what we do is we risk stratify everybody. So we, we look at what different factors they come in with. Like, do they have hypertension? What is their age? You know, so there are 
there is there are different scores that we look at and we look at their risk so if you look at their risk and they are low risk we say listen i don't think there's much going on here it may be muscle pain so let's treat your muscle pain and see how it goes or there are people who are high risk they come in and they have chest pain and it is so typical you know that something's going on and you say you know instead of going through the coronary ct i really think you have a big blockage there we should go for heart catheterization so the high risk patients we send for heart heart catheterization. There are a group of patients who are in the intermediate risk group who are not high risk or uh, low risk. And we say, we can't really tell, you know, it looks concerning and we need to take a look. So those kinds of are the patients who we do stress tests on, or we do uh, coronary angiograms on. And we look at the heart and we say, okay, fine, this is what we found. Yeah. Are, are they, I don't want to say 3D, but I'm waiting yes, for the- Yes, they are 3D. Oh, I was going to say 3D. 3D. I, was, yes. I was waiting for the, the, the time where the hospital can say like it's it's a, a some kind of hologram that floats yes, in the- Yes, we do. Do we you do. have yes, that? Oh, have I want to yes. visit. <laughs> I got to see that. Yeah. So that's fabulous. It is cool to look at. Yeah. Can you rotate it with your hand? And I could, yes. Not with my hand, with the mouse. Though. With the mouse, though, yeah. and it rotates for yep. you. Oh, and that is fabulous. Views. We can look at different- or, you know, everything in the chest, a lot of stuff in the chest. Right. You know, the aorta, the aortic valve, we can look at the same time and all the vessels and different views of the vessels, we can look at it. Now, and I want to pay all due respect to the fact that this is a serious situation for people. So please don't, you know, hear me wrong, folks, when I say this. But for somebody in your shoes, that has got to be a great fun moment for you when you get to utilize this It is. This it technique. is impressive and it yeah. is truly uh, amazing how medicine has, you know, advanced over the years. Yeah, that is fabulous. Oh, that's fun. I <laughs> just think it'd be fun. But again, it is a serious uh, reason that you're using this for folks to keep them healthy. Anything else about the angiograms that, that you'd like to share with us? So the two things that I like, why do I like angiograms is one, if you have a blockage that is bad, you're going for a cath. Two is if you don't like, have a blockage at all, I can tell you, hey, you don't have a blockage, don't stress out, you know. Still follow your diet and exercise, very, very important. Always risk factor, you know, taking care of your risk factors throughout your life is very important, right? Things yeah. can happen, develop with time. And the third thing is, however, the most important category that I see uh, this benefits, if someone has a 50% blockage, I can tell them, listen, you may not have calcium, but you do have a 50% blockage, which, you know, is something called a soft block, meaning calcium has not yet you know, deposited or, in the oh, deposited, okay. Yeah, so you say, hey, listen, you have a 50% blockage and we should treat you like you, you know, with all the things that we would use to decrease your risk of that plaque advancing. It, is it plaque? Because if, if it's not calcium and you're, you're already at a 50% blockage, what is causing that? So plaque formation starts with non-calcified, non-calcium, and then it gets calcified over time. Ah, okay. okay. So these tests, are, so... For people who have chest pain, they have a calcium score is not adequate. This is for people who are asymptomatic, who want to see what their risk of heart disease is. If you have chest pains, or if you are short of breath, you need something more than that. You need a coronary calcium score. It can be a stress test. It can be a heart cath. You need to look at it a little more. So is it fair to compare it to like a pearl where it starts as a sand and then it just continues to grow and grow and grow? Yes. Interesting. All right. Okay. So we have one more thing to talk about with Dr. Pinto and I just have it down here in front of me as FFR. So I'm going to let you have the floor and explain to me what is FFR. So what we're adding to CTAs is something called a CTFFR. When we look at 
these uh, images, we can look at them and say, okay, fine, it's, there's a blockage that's 70%, or there's a blockage that's 80%. Now, not all blockages that are 70, 80, or 60% cause limitation to blood flow and symptoms or cause a problem with the heart. Okay. There are usually, if you say 60 or 70% blockages that you know can be okay, can be treated with medicine. So what we do is CTFFR is a, you know, in the cat lab, we pass a wire down a blockage. We look at it and we say, you know, the blood flow is restricted in this blockage. And then we put a stent in. The same concept using artificial intelligence is now done with, a, done with something called heart flow. And the, the heart flow is a company that uses something called not the cath FFR, but a CT FFR, and it'll tell you if a blockage that is there is significant. When I mean significant, I mean flow limiting, and is actually the cause of your problems, or is just there, but and needs medical treatment, but does not need a stent or bypass or things like that. So that is the that is the new technology we have. Can you give us even a better picture of when you are indicating that it, it's not blocking the flow? but yet it's, it's a block, a blockage. So every narrowing does not have to cause a problem. Every narrowing in a blood vessel, we all have, you know, not we, but most, a lot of people have 60% narrowing of their blood vessels, but the muscle gets enough uh, oxygen through the blood to make it work properly. Okay. It's only when this, the oxygen supply to the muscle is limited because of, your blood flow being stopped, you know, or decreased by this blockage is when people develop symptoms. So that is, that is, so if you're, you say you we use a, a value called 0.8. And just for people to know, anything that is 0.8 or lesser, the FFR, which, which we, we say FFR basically tells us that, yes, this looks like, you know, there's a significant, the flow to the muscle is not as good as it should be, and we need to take care of it. We need to address it. And I just wanted to ask you also another question while you were talking, and you're talking about those blockages. Do those blockages ever break off? Or when you say that you can use medication, do they dissolve? How, how is it that you're so resolving most the times, issue? Most times with good uh, medical management, we prevent them from progressing. So if you have a 60%, you say, or a 50% blockage, we treat you with medication so that no, so more uh, plaque, plaque formation, more plaque formation is not taking place. Now, if it is 80% and the plaque's already formed and we try medication and it doesn't work, then we need to do have a stent or it depends on where the blockage is. You know, there's bypass, there's stenting, there's medication. So it depends on what the symptoms are. When you put a stent in, and there's so many times I've heard stent over the mm -hmm. years, but I'm not sure that I understand how it works. How does it work that you're helping the situation, but you're not really getting rid of that blockage? Can you explain that to us? So basically... Uh, the question is, how does it work? You know, how does this stint work, basically? Oh, okay. So basically, when you have a blockage, you know, these blockages, we you have stents are basically little uh, metal tubes, you can call, and now there are 
non-metal tubes, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, so we can uh, use these little tubes that we go in through the groin, we go into the heart, we go into the vessel where there is a blockage. And what we do is we uh, take a stent and at the area where there is a blockage, we will expand that, meaning we deploy the tube in such a way that it presses against the wall and it it gives is, room, basically. Gives room. It okay. opens it up. So okay. that's what we do. That's a stent. And then that allows for proper blood flow. And the stent, you know, the body will heal over the stent over time. You need to be on some medications for a certain period of time and the body heals over it and you have enough blood flow. Basically, you're just opening up, you know, the blockage. Yeah. It's uh, almost time for us to go. Just about five more minutes left with you, Dr. Pinto. So let me ask before we just kind of close here today, anything in addition for the FFR that you would like us to know? No, just that it's an easy test. It's covered by, you know, insurances. Uh, the CT, CT is covered for, by insurances most times, and some uh, FFR is not, but we look at it before we send it out. Uh, we make sure your insurance is covering it if it's needed, and if it's not, then we we don't send it out. Most times, we you know, and it is getting more and more popular, and it is covered by most insurances. I would so, say. where do you come into our journey? So, are we seeing you already for heart issues, or um, where do we end up seeing you? <laughs> so, very simply, uh, I would say you can start with your primary care office, a pr- a primary care offices, or your health your health providers are great. Great places to discuss about what your risk is, you know, and things like that. And if you do want to get a calcium score, you do, you know. Uh, so it's when the PCP the says, score. I need you to see a cardiologist. Yes, and, or a PC yeah. can, PCP can order a calcium score as well. Mm, okay. And then PCPs can also order a coronary, um, a coronary CTs. However, I think a lot of them are sending... Uh, them to us in to the office just to evaluate the patient and see how they're doing and you know kind of see what kind of chest pain they have before ordering the test but yes uh, there are certain pcps that i know do order the coronary ctas yes let me ask you one more question before i do wrap up last question i promise but how do you handle that with a patient when you are there for a consultation in a sense but yet you want to make sure that this person is healthy because i'm sure that potential patient comes in a little nervous because now they're at the cardiologist and this probably isn't going to be good. And and, and you take a, um, I don't want to say relaxed approach. You're very professional in what you do, but you, you don't go overboard. You know, you, you take it step by step. Um, how do you help the patient through that? Because there's probably little nerves thinking that this is not going to turn out well for them. Yeah. A lot of times uh, we are here to help. We are here to explain the process. Remember, heart disease is common, but not everybody dies from it. So when you come into a cardiologist's office, you're there to get better. And, you know, most people do get better. We have a wonderful system. We have great doctors. And, you know, most people go away feeling better than feeling worse. Most people have better outcomes than worse outcomes. And, and, you know, we explain to them, you know, explaining disease is so important. And I think, you know, just... When we when we're in our office visit, we hope to talk to them, answer their questions, and uh, you know go from there. Yeah. Well, if a PCP does give us a script and say go see a cardiologist, if we'd like to come see you, what what's a good way to contact you? So we do have a um, you know we ha- do have a number here. It is the 
1-866-620-6761. That is a number that you can call and they'll help schedule. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Pinto, thank you so much for coming in. It's interesting to hear about these um, newer tests to the hospital uh, for folks who are not yet quite at the um, emergency uh, point in this journey, but you can really help them out in, in seeing a lot of data come from these particular tests. But thank you very much for your time. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. My pleasure being yeah. here too. Absolutely. Dr. Pinto with the Butler Health System. Folks, if you did join us late into our conversation and you'd like to listen to this program in its entirety, once again, you can do that. What you do is you go onto our website at wisr680.com and you pick programs in the menu bar. That'll drop you down to Let's Talk and then just look for the Butler Health System. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.